I'm so glad y'all are here this uh, morning, this, uh, today, because we are beginning a brand new series uh, all about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit over the next four weeks. And my hope and my prayer is that through this series, you will not only discover who the Holy Spirit is, but you'll also allow him to move in your life either for the first time or more fully. So if you have your Bible, let's go ahead and open it to John chapter 14. You can use your phone as well. Uh, it'll also be on the screen here in a moment. Uh, John's in the New Testament, if you're new to the uh, Bible, uh, which is the second half of the Bible. It's the fourth book of the New Testament, right after Luke and right before uh, Acts. Uh, I mentioned last week that I... Spent a lot of time on Lake Lanier, uh, lived on a boat for a while, and just, Liam and I, we love being on water. Uh, I like the lake, Liam loves the beach. Uh, Liam would live literally on the beach, on the sand, uh, for the rest of her life if she could. Um, so we like going to the, the beach, and, and, and until recently, her sister lived in Palm Harbor, Florida, and so we would go down there and, and have a free place to stay. In fact, we stayed with her for four months after uh, I lost my last job. And, and so we were living down in, in Palm Harbor, and, and, and we, were, we were loving it, right? Because it was, it was like 10 minutes from the beach. I could ride my bike to the beach. It was great. So we would spend a lot of time at the beach. Uh, I, I like the ocean. Lean loves the ocean. Um, uh, I, I, I like the beach. Lean loves it. Um, but I'm only good for like a couple hours, right? Because uh, I am pasty. And so, you know, I, I do not need to be on uh, the beach for long. And so I'm good like a couple hours, and it's like, all right, can we go do something else? Liam and the kids, they want to get there like 8 o'clock in the morning and stay till 8 o'clock at night. They want to be there all day. And, and at one point, Liam's sister, Betha, owned an ice cream shop. And so, uh, and so we would go to the beach for a few hours, and then we'd go to the ice cream shop, which was always a better thing for me. And so I always wanted to go to the ice cream shop and just spend, let's just, let's just spend all the time there, right? We, need, we, don't need, we can just cut out the beach part and just go do the ice cream part. Um, but uh, we, we would go to the beach in the morning, we'd just hang out, and, and we'd just be sitting in the sun, playing in the water, and it was great, right? Watching the kids play, it, it was great. But Florida being Florida, uh, you can't enjoy the beach all day because in the afternoons, what happens? The thunderstorms come. We'd be on the beach, and we would see the storms moving in. By the way, this is one of the perks of marrying someone who's so talented. We get photos like that uh, as snapshots. Um, and so my wife is incredibly talented. By the way, pray for her. She's at home with two of our kids who are sick. Um, and so uh, pray for them as well. But we'd sit on the beach, and we'd watch the storms roll in. But eventually the storms would get too close, and we would need to pack up, and we would uh, need to leave. And that's when I would say, hey, ice cream parlor. Um, and so I was praying for storms every day. Um, but as soon as the storms would reach us, everything changed, right? The temperature would drop, and, and the feel of everything would change. The atmosphere around us would change, right? You've experienced this before, right? A hot August day, and then the storm comes. And you just kind of feel it in the air. Then the temperature goes from like 95 to 75 in just a matter of minutes. It's an amazing thing. And it's what's been on my mind 
as I thought about this series about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, His presence changes everything. His presence changes the atmosphere around us. The Holy Spirit changes lives. He changes marriages. He changes churches. So I want us to look at John chapter 14, starting in verse 15. John 14, starting in verse 15. It says, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. And doesn't recognize him. But you know him. Because he lives with you. Now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me. And I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them, and, and, will, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. John chapter 14 contains what we could call Jesus' dying declarations. Now, dying declaration, that's a, that's a legal term. And according to, a law, to the law, a dying declaration is a statement by a person who is conscious and knows that death is imminent concerning what he or she believes to be the cause or circumstances of death that can be introduced into evidence during a trial in certain cases. A dying declaration is considered credible and trustworthy evidence based upon the general belief that most people who know that they are about to die do not lie. And so in chapter 14, we have Jesus' dying declaration. Just four chapters later, Jesus would be arrested, and then he would be killed. So in chapter 14, we have Jesus making these dying declarations. He is promising that, he, that after he dies, he's going to go and prepare a place for his followers. He's promising to reveal the Father. He promises to give them the new privilege of prayer. And then we get into our passage. Here Jesus promises to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is often misunderstood or he's ignored or he's feared right all of y'all most I think probably have, have been in a church where you recite the Apostles Creed right uh, some churches they do it every every week and so today we, we've never done this in this church I don't think but today I want us to recite the Apostles Creed this, this is what we say we believe look at this with me it's on the screen put it up there Elijah say this with me 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From this shall come the judge, the quick, and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. That is said in churches every Sunday all around the world. In United Methodist churches, in Baptist churches, in Catholic churches, the list goes on and on. It's said in, in churches all over the world. It is a statement of faith, right? We are stating what we believe in. These are our orthodox beliefs. And it speaks to this belief in what's called the Trinity, the triune God, right? God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son or Jesus, and God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now, I mentioned, uh, I've mentioned this before, but we have, we have no problem with God the Father, do we? We all sing that he's a good, good father, right? He's a good, good father. We will sing that at the top of our lungs. You're a good, good father. We love you, God, right? And Jesus, oh, yeah, we, we love Jesus is my dude, right? We love Jesus. Everything we do is to make sure people know Jesus, right, and are in a deep relationship with Jesus, right? That's why we're here. However, we often talk a lot about God the Father and Jesus, but we don't really talk much about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like, like that crazy uncle that you kind of know but don't really want to invite to a family reunion because you're not sure what he's going to do, right? You've heard some crazy stories about your crazy uncle, and it, it kind of scares you, right? I mean, what image comes to your mind when you start thinking about the Holy Spirit? Oftentimes, people think about uh, those religious programs that we've all seen on TV where people are falling all over the place, and there's a woman dancing with a tambourine, and folks are flopping around on the floor. Now, we have a tambourine a lot of Sundays, but we're not flopping around on the floor, right? That, that's the image that we have. Throughout the church, there is this misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit, and yet he's part of the Trinity. He is God. Just as Jesus is God, just as the Father is God, and yet so often we push the Holy Spirit to the side, or we ignore him. And at times, the church has even actively sought to evict the Holy Spirit from the church. And yet, Jesus says in the 16th chapter of John, but in fact... It is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. I want you to really hear what Jesus is saying there. It is best for you that I go away. It is best for you that I go away. Why? Because if, if I don't go away, the advocate won't come. Who's the advocate? The Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is the fullness of God at work in our broken world. Let's go back to the very beginning, the book of Genesis for a moment. Do you remember the story of Adam and Eve? God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and it was a perfect existence, right? 
all Adam and Eve had to do was not eat from a certain tree. And if you know the story, you know that they ate from that certain tree, and God banished them from the garden, and, and sin entered the world. And the moment sin entered the world, all that, that had happened, uh, once, once the moment sin entered the world, all that had happened, uh, that doesn't make any sense what I wrote right there. Let's, let me reword that. When sin entered the world, we became separated from God. At that moment, we became separated from God. God and man had been living like this, walking in the cool of the evening together. That moment that sin entered, we were separated. But in Jesus, God has bridged that separation by overcoming sin. What we lost in Adam, we receive in Jesus Christ. And in the Holy Spirit, through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we have the presence of God with us. And that presence changes everything. Look back at John 14. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Someone say never. never. Who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the advocate. Other translations say helper. Both words come from the Greek word paraclete. The word itself means one who is called alongside to render help or aid or comfort. What this means is the Holy Spirit is God in spirit form who comes along beside us to render us help, to comfort us. But so many people in the church are living without this help and without this aid and without this comfort. So many Christians are living without that. There are Christians, and you may be one of them, who have accepted Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is just not something you have thought much about. Acts 19 starts with this. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus, on the coast where he found several believers. Hear this. He found several believers Paul asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Here are believers who had no clue there was a Holy Spirit. They've been living as followers of Jesus Christ, but missing out on having the advocate or the counselor or the helper walking beside them and living inside of them. And so many Christians today are the same way. And they have no idea what they're missing out on. Growing up, I always struggled with my weight, at least in my own eyes. Um, I was always a, a bigger guy. My brother was a beanpole, so everyone was bigger than him. And because I wasn't a beanpole, I just thought I was fat, right? But I was a big guy. I was, I was a hefty guy. Grady, keep your mouth shut. Uh, I was a hefty guy, you know. Um, and so I always struggled with my weight, and because I was a big guy and I, I felt self-conscious, I didn't wear shorts. I didn't wear shorts because I just was embarrassed. I would wear jeans and I'd wear long sleeves in 90 degree weather. Um, 
Anyways, uh, but this is this is what I wore all the time. You know, I did long sleeves, jeans. Didn't matter how hot it was or how humid it was, I always wore long sleeves and, and jeans. And people would ask me why I dressed that way, and I would say that, oh, I just prefer long pants and long sleeves. Uh, uh, shorts just aren't my thing. You know, they just aren't. They're not not, not my style, right? It's just not my style to wear shorts. And it's all just a lie, right? I mean, it was just a lie because I was just embarrassed. But then I lost some weight. And I thought, I'm going to give these shorts things a try. And I did. Oh, my gosh, folks. Have you tried these things? They're am- Actually, all of, most of you are trying them, right? They're amazing, aren't they? And then when you pair them with a short sleeve T-shirt, oh, my gosh. It is so much cooler, right? I had no idea what I was missing out on in my life. And so now I'm a shorts and t-shirt kind of guy. I mean, not today, but I do wear shorts and t-shirts some, especially when we were living in Florida, right? I didn't know what I was missing out on. And so many people are the same way with the Holy Spirit. Throughout most of my life, I lived a less than life because I was miserable all the time because I was burning up. There are so many Christians who are living less than lives because they do not know the Holy Spirit. There might be some in this room right now. There might be some watching online right now or listening to this on Spotify or iHeartRadio. Maybe you know today you're living a spiritless life. You, 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 you have no problem talking about God. When, when your kids ask you about God, you're like, oh, well, God's this, he's that, he's all this. And they ask you about Jesus, you tell them what Jesus did and what Jesus taught. But then they say, well, who's the Holy Spirit? And then you say, go talk to the preacher. That shouldn't be the answer, church. But it is when we're living spiritless missing out on the Spirit of God in your life. You're, you're missing living a life where the Holy Spirit lives beside you and in you. You're going through your life without the counselor, without the advocate, without the helper, and you have no idea what you're missing out on. Maybe that's you. You're starting to realize that you've been missing out on the Holy Spirit just because he wasn't someone you knew about. And there's this other group of Christians, and maybe a larger group. But this is a group of Christians, and maybe you're in this camp where you know about the Holy Spirit, but you resist him. The first Christian martyr was a guy by the name of Stephen. Before he was stoned to death, he stood before the Jewish leaders who were about to kill him, and he just let them have it. The story is found in Acts chapter 7. We don't have time to read the whole whole story, but, but look at verse 51. Stephen says, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Maybe you know you do the same thing. You resist the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have felt in your life the Holy Spirit leading you to something, calling you to something, and you have been resistant. You have felt deep down you were supposed to make a phone call or or talk to someone or go somewhere or, or, or say no to something, and instead you said no to him. 
If right now something is popping in your head, some thought that you've been wrestling with for a while, some feeling that you're, that you're supposed to be doing something you, that you've been feeling for a while, then I want to encourage you to believe that is the Holy Spirit trying to, to lead you somewhere. So stop resisting him. Because here's why. One day I was sitting at the house, and the name of, of a buddy just popped in my mind. And I had not talked to him in a, in a very long time. We used to live together in Roswell, but he now lives in, in Tennessee, and so we don't ever see each other, and we, we really don't communicate much anymore. But his name just popped in my head just randomly. And I didn't think much about it at first, but it just wouldn't go away. His name would not go away. I was doing, going about my day, doing all my normal stuff, but his name would not go away. And it began to feel, I began to feel uncomfortable. Like that feeling you have when you know you're avoiding something, right? I felt I was supposed to call him, but like I said, I hadn't talked to him in a while. And I'll be honest, talking on the phone is not my favorite thing to do. I was looking for any reason in the world not to call him. But my wife, who was more spiritually mature than I am, told me that I needed to make the call. And so I picked up the phone and I called him, and it quickly became clear to me I had done the right thing. He had just broken up with his longtime girlfriend. He was having a very, very bad day. Very low. In a dark place. I learned a very valuable lesson that day. Resisting the Holy Spirit. Hear this church. Resisting the Holy Spirit is an incredibly selfish act. And it may end up hurting others. There's something else that happens. The more you resist the Holy Spirit, the harder your heart becomes. And the less the Holy Spirit tries to speak with you. You see, the Holy Spirit, church, is a gentleman. He is not going to force himself into your life. He is not that guy who keeps showing up to your parties even though you didn't invite him. You know that guy, right? He's the last guy you want around, and he's always the last to leave. That guy. That is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He is not going to force himself into your life. And the more you resist him, the harder it is for you to hear his voice. The harder it becomes for you to feel his presence. So if you're unaware of the Holy Spirit, or if you resist the Holy Spirit, you're missing out on the blessing and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You're missing out on having the comfort in your life. And some of you right now, you need comfort. You know you do. And even though you're hurting right now, I believe because I believe the Holy Spirit is here, you can feel his presence and his comfort if you allow yourself to. Because he is here to comfort you. He is here to bring into your life a supernatural peace. A peace that passes all understanding. A peace in the midst of the storms in your life. That is what the presence of the Holy Spirit can bring into your life today. He can change your atmosphere. But maybe it's not comfort that you need today. Maybe you feel lost today. Maybe you don't know what to do with your life. You don't know what to do about a certain situation in your life. Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit is also our counselor. He helps us to know where to go and, and what to do. 
Jesus said in, in chapter 14 that he, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Have you ever been lost? I mean, like, really lost. No idea how to get where you need to go. Right? That's a scary feel. I, I am so thankful for GPS because before uh, we would leave to go to Florida, I would type my sister-in-law's address in Waze, and Waze would just map out a route. Back in the day, you remember that we had to use those, those maps, right? Actual paint, those were horrible. Because once a map was unfolded, it could never be refolded, could it? No, I dreaded being asked to unfold the map. I was like, nope, someone else do it. Because I was going to be made a fool that day. Because I could never fold it back. It would just be a crumpled mess in my glove box. I am thankful for GPS, amen? The Holy Spirit is our GPS. He guides us. Spiritually, He helps us to know what to do and where to go in every situation in our lives. <clears throat> so some of you are lost today, but you've never asked the Holy Spirit, where am I supposed to be? I feel completely lost, and you're griping and complaining about it, and the Holy Spirit's right over here going, you could just ask me. I'd be happy to help show you where you're supposed to be right now. But you're not asking. There's one other thing the Holy Spirit does that I want to mention. And that is he convicts us. This is the uncomfortable one. John 16, 8 says, And when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness. And of the coming judgment. I believe right now some of you are being convicted by the Holy Spirit. You know right now, maybe for the first time, that there is something in your life that it should not be there. You're living your life in a certain way that you know is wrong. There's something in your life that's out of line. There's something in your life that's hurting you or it's hurting others. There's something in your life right now that is grieving God. The Holy Spirit is to be our counsel. If he is to be the one leading us, then it, it only makes sense that he must first point out that we are going in the wrong direction. I'm a stereotypical guy. Before GPS, if I was lost, I would never stop to ask for directions, right? I would never stop. I would just say, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I never figured it out, but I kept saying, I'm going to figure it out. And they would ask me, do you know where you're going? Of course I know where I'm going, right? This is right. This is correct. Yeah, the road's not paved anymore, but this is still the correct way to go. I know it. Just trust me on this. I was always wrong. Now, eventually, I would just get mad at the whole situation. Because I never liked people telling me that I was doing something wrong, right? I never wanted to admit it. I never wanted you to tell me. Now, typically, they were correct. And I knew they were correct. I had no idea where I was going. But I was too proud to admit it. This is very similar to what the Holy Spirit does for us. He points out those areas in our lives where we are headed down the wrong road. Maybe we're, we're doing something and we're starting to feel that this is an addiction. I'm becoming addicted to this thing. And the Holy Spirit's trying to get your attention about it. 
Or maybe it's a relationship that you're in right now, and the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you, this is not the relationship for you. This is not the relationship that brings glory to God. You need to get out. And you're saying, but I've been in this relationship for five, six years, and the Holy Spirit's like, I don't care. You need to get out. Whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is convicting us over, I want you to hear it. It is a blessing. Because the conviction allows us to change course. And so right now, if you're uncomfortable, that is the Holy Spirit convicting you of some behavior that is harming you. Or maybe you, you have this feeling you're being drawn to God, but you don't even know why, right? Maybe you're here because someone forced you to be here, but right now you feel drawn to this Jesus guy. Folks, that is the Holy Spirit convicting you. You see, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is change the atmosphere of your life. Maybe you've been caught up in the atmosphere of this world, right? All around you is hurt and fear. Maybe you feel lost in this world and you're desperate for change. Maybe you don't know which way to go. Listen to me, folks. You have a choice. You see, you, you can't say you don't know about the Holy Spirit anymore. But you can still resist them. That is your choice. But please don't do that. The Holy Spirit wants to change your atmosphere, but if you keep resisting him, you risk hardening your heart to the point where you can no longer hear him talking to you. So what if you know today you need comfort? What if you know today you need counsel because you don't know what to do in a certain situation? What if you know... The Holy Spirit is convicting you about something in your life today. What are you supposed to do? Well, here's what you're to do. It's actually three simple words. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Say that with me. Come, Holy Spirit. Say it again. Come, Holy Spirit. If you know today you need a change in atmosphere, you know today you need to receive the Holy Spirit into your life, into your situation, then here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to come forward during the last song and allow me to anoint you with oil. And as I anoint you with oil, I want to invite you to say, come Holy Spirit. So as you come forward, I will anoint you with this oil, and then as I anoint you, you will say, Come, Holy Spirit. Do you desire Him in your life? Do you desire to hear from Him? Do you desire Him to lead you? Do you desire Him to help you change? And if you know today you need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, and then just let me know, and I will kneel these pillows with you, and I will pray a salvation prayer with you. But church, we cannot do what we are called to do if we have not invited the Holy Spirit into it. And it's one thing for me to stand up here every Sunday and say, come Holy Spirit. But it's another thing for the congregation, the church to say it. Every single day of your life, come Holy Spirit. When you wake up in the morning, Come, Holy Spirit. When you walk into your office or your school, come, Holy Spirit. As you take a test, 
Come, Holy Spirit, as you uh, uh, give a report. Come, Holy Spirit, as you drive home. Come, Holy Spirit, as you walk back into your house and re-engage with your family. Come, Holy Spirit, as you lay down and go to sleep. Come, Holy Spirit. That has to be the refrain of the church of Jesus Christ. Because we cannot do what we're supposed to do without the Holy Spirit. We cannot go where we're supposed to go without the Holy Spirit. We cannot know where we're supposed to go without the Holy Spirit. Your marriage cannot be what God wants it to be without the Holy Spirit. Your parenting cannot be the parenting God wants it to be without the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Into my life, I invite you to speak to me. Yeah, it might be a hard word. It might be a convicting word. But I invite you to speak it. Come, Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray. And as we sing the last song, I invite you to come. Receive the anointing of oil. And for you to pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Ready to come back up. Let's pray.